they're going to watch what you do. So listening is one of those great skills. Listen to understand instead of fixing or trying to wait. That was the voice of Christy Busia, founder of Next Level Coaching, and our guest on today's episode of Bring Out the Talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Welcome to Bring Out the Talent, a podcast featuring learning and development experts discussing innovative approaches and industry insights. Tune in to hear our talent help develop yours. Now here are your hosts, TTA's CEO and President Maria Melfa and Talent Manager Jocelyn Allen. Hello, everybody. We are back, Maria. It is so nice to see you in our podcast room again. It's been a minute. It really has. I think this is the start of season four, right? It is. I know. And the chairs were waiting for me. I sat down and it was like the biggest creak, like nobody's used to it. <laughs> they were waiting for us. Well, I might be a little bit rusty today, so bear with me. You got it. I will and be the grease to your rust and uh, we will okay. get the kinks together. <laughs> Excellent. So we're very excited for our guest today, Christy McNichols. Uh, you probably all know her from many shows such as Little Darlings and Polly in the film. And, and actually, that's the wrong date. We are talking today to a wonderful trainer about psychological safety. So let's get started. The need to feel psychologically safe isn't a requisite, but unfortunately, it has not always been the top priority for many leaders today. As organizations look at areas such as engagement, inclusion, and even mental health, psychological safety has become an increasingly important focus. When teams feel psychologically safe, they're emboldened to offer fresh ideas, new perspectives, and innovative solutions. They just feel more comfortable working together. It also enables personal growth and development by promoting learning and discovery behaviors. So how can leaders cultivate a culture of psychological safety? In today's episode, we speak with Christy Busia. Christy is the CEO and founder of Next Conversation Coaching. She was among CEOs today's executive coaches for 2022 and is a regularly published author for multiple outlets in Forbes, Fairy Godboss, and many more. She has been involved in an international executive development for more than 20 years in the capacity of a coach, facilitator, and a workshop leader. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. It's great to be here today. We're very excited to have you, Christy. I'm a very big fan of yours and uh, couldn't resist the opportunity to get you on the podcast to talk about a subject that you are so well-versed in, but that is incredibly important to organizations as a whole, but uh, TTA also. like This is something that we talk about very regularly in being open and creating safe spaces. So really excited to indulge the topic with you and, and share some tips and tricks for our listeners. Absolutely. And I'm look, I've been looking forward to this conversation because how can we get the word out about building psychologically safe, psychological safety? Because it truly does unlock innovation and drive companies forward. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do? I mean, Maria obviously gave a great intro into you, but we'd like to hear it from you, what your journey has been like and, and more about what you do specifically. Absolutely. 
Well, next conversation coaching, we're a consulting and coaching firm and our our mission, our passion, our dedication is to transform people and cultures by helping them to feel valued, heard, and respected. And it didn't happen overnight. We've been on this journey for the last 25 years, my own personal journey. And I've worked in numerous industries across the globe. I worked everywhere from startups to steel mill to nuclear. And one common theme has surfaced and keeps bubbling back up over the course of my career is that regardless of who we are, where we come from, our background, our experiences, everyone wants and deserves to feel valued, heard, and respected. And I'm excited to talk about this journey around psychological safety because when we get this right, that's how we truly unlock and unleash the potential in our organization. So, Christy, there are many misconceptions on exactly what psychological safety means. Can you explain it to our audience? Absolutely. It comes down to five words. Psychological safety is built as a culture of building a culture where we reward vulnerability instead of punishing her. So it's a culture of rewarded vulnerability. When we feel included to be who we are, we feel that we're safe to learn, we're safe to contribute, we're safe to challenge, safe to make mistakes. That's what psychological safety is. And without this, without us all bringing everything to the table, that's what holds us back. And that's what keeps us from being truly innovative. That's it in a nutshell. What are some of the factors that are driving this dedicated focus surrounding psychological safety? There's obviously had to have been some things maybe that have occurred or triggers of some sort that occurred to you that said, you know what, this is it. This is where I, this is where I'm leading myself. Absolutely. Well, all you, do, all you have to do is look in the news, look at the conversation, look at look at all of our focus. And there are there's about there's five primary factors that have been driving the work and the conversation around psychological safety. The first one being engagement and retention. So we're hearing these terms of the great resignation, quiet quitting, and even a new one called rage quitting, where we're having a challenge of engaging our our employees, retaining our employees, creating that environment where people feel that they can bring their whole selves to work and contribute and push back and challenge the status quo. That's the first driver. The second one is a lot of what we're hearing and we're actually, um, I love that we're having a more focused, intentional view of it or discussion around it, which is social justice and equity. How do we treat treat each other with dignity and respect? How do we... How do we celebrate each other for who we are and what we bring to the table and for no other reason than that? The third one is one that is making it's making its way into our conversation. I think we have a lot of work still to do, which is the mental health and wellness area, where how do we how do we create an environment where we feel comfortable and safe to say, I'm having a day, I'm having a moment, I need to go talk to somebody. And treat that the same exact way that we would ta- we would look at somebody that says, I need to go see my doctor because I'm not feeling well. How do we destigmatize those and create the safe spaces to treat them the same? And then one that has always, always been there, but it's now coming more to the forefront, which is personal growth and development. So how do we help to support each other? to grow, to learn, to get better, to contribute, and and, con- and do even more goodness with what we, with the experiences that we bring to the table. 
And then the last one is competitiveness and innovation. So all you have to do is look at the news or see all of these companies are letting their employees go. They're doing layoffs. They're, there's a lot of competition out there. So how do you innovate, get creative so that you can be on the cutting edge? Psychological safety, it's, it is the foundation to help to get to that point. And it's going to be the thing that either drives a company or holds them back. It's a really, really great point because I think we've had conversations. I mean, how often do we talk about innovation and being innovative, right? I mean, it is, it's always being talked about as, as a kind of main focus of a business and their development. And I think what we often don't necessarily think of, and I've had many of these conversations in recruiting between a client request and what the trainer uh, as the expert is promoting is that these soft skills need to be embedded into these kind of higher like overarching topics like innovation how do we how do we be more creative and like get be more business savvy and it's well do, you, do your people feel secure enough to share those thoughts and feelings in the environment that you've created it it, it seems like a no brainer when you say it out loud but we're often not thinking that path before we go on, though, just backtrack. I haven't heard of rage quitting yet, so I'm very curious as to what that is because you mentioned it, and I was like, "Sounds aggressive." Let's be more about it. <laughs> well, it's a new term, but it's not a new. It's not new. So, it uh, TikTok has been a blessing and a curse. It's but and it's given me names to things that have always been happening in companies. So, rage, rage quitting, and I am just so fed up with this place. I quit walking in, handing your notice, and I'm done and I'm out. Yep. <laughs> what you would normally yes. think of as like exactly. quitting and leaving exactly. a company is, yeah. Okay. But I'm, noting, I'm done. I'm taking my toys and going home. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Krista, you mentioned that psychological safety promotes a atmosphere of mental health and wellness. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Mental health and wellness has been such a stigmatized, stigmatized topic, and it's never been comfortable or it doesn't feel safe to admit that you need help or that you need support because it's always looked down on. And now that we are talking it through, now we're making it more aware. How do we create that environment? As I mentioned earlier, how, how do you make it equally comfortable to say I need to go talk to my therapist today because I need to work through something. Then, then, as I would say, I need to go to the dentist and have a cavity filled. We look at one and say that's acceptable, but we look at the one and 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 judge people as the as a worthiness thing. Of wait, you you need to talk to somebody. That's what we mean by mental. That's that's how psychological safety plays into this. Create that environment where it's okay to to say this is who I am and this is what I need. Yes. We certainly have come a long way, but there is still so much more growth we need to do in that area. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I know. And it's, it's, where's the line with it being, is there a line, I guess, and I'm going to go off a little bit because it made me think of it, but like, what, is there a line there then where people get comfortable enough to maybe overshare? And I don't know if that's like the right the right kind of like wording or verbiage to use. But if you're just thinking like, oh, I'm very psychologically safe and I need to do this and all of this information I am going to share because we're allowed to share. And but realistically, there is such a thing 
in a professional space is probably too much information. So is there is there a line? Like, do we dawdle it? What what role does that play? Good question. Oh, there's definitely a line. And I think that that's one that we all dance on all the time. And as leaders, that's always a harder, a harder line and harder, harder course to try to navigate. How much can I share without oversharing? How can I be human without being too human? How much can I share without freaking out the employees that I work with or, or I lead or causing them anxiety as well? I think when it comes to mental health and wellness, the same thing. It's, it's, it's being comfortable to share enough. But and also knowing whom you're comfortable to share the more the more detailed information with. And I think that all of that comes with time and getting to know each other and discussion and dialogue, which is what psychological safety starts to create that environment for. I'm thinking of an example many years ago, probably at the beginning of TTA, about 29 years ago, we actually had an employee who was out a lot. And then she told me that she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And I remember at that time being a little bit nervous because I wasn't sure how to like approach that or how to work with her. And I was afraid to actually give her feedback. But now here it is many years later, and I understand that condition a little bit more. But I think that if people even just have more education on what it actually means, exactly. that people could still be very a great employee and fully functional being mm-hmm. a schizophrenic. It's just you have to understand some certain challenges that they may have. Absolutely. Ron, it gets, it gets even into some of the, you know, I work with a great colleague and her, her company's focus is around invisible disabilities. And one and they say this falls right into that where somebody may have something that is different that they and that we need to understand so that we can support them and give them the resources that they need to be successful, but we just don't know it. But it all starts with that conversation and creating the space and asking the questions and really trying to dive in and learn what you can so that you can understand what their what their experience is so you can see how you can help. Yes. And so many people are afraid to disclose that information, especially like when they're interviewing and then when would they go ahead and tell their boss? Exactly. So I know when I think about learning disabilities, I have two children that both have learning disabilities. And, you know, over the years, it certainly has presented itself in many different challenges as far as people understanding what type of challenges they have and when they should tell teachers, should they disclose it in college applications and so on and so forth. I know this is obviously a different conversation because we're talking about in the workplace, but yeah, it's very much about psychological safety. So, yes. That absolutely shows up in the workplace because how many people that you work beside may have something that they are masking or covering or not sharing that they're personally struggling with and having to create an environment to make it safe and okay to talk about that. Yes, absolutely. Yep, very valid. And I think just on the flip side, to add a layer to that, I think that in the same regard, making, not that it's any person in particular's responsibility, or maybe it is, I don't know, but that you're making the space psychologically safe enough to like ask questions too, because I think we want to educate our own selves. Like you said, Maria, that, that former employee, like at the time, I think if that had happened today, 
you would feel much different about like, how can I support you in these questions I'm asking versus 29 years ago, you're like, what am I even allowed to say here? What am I allowed to ask? Because I feel like I want to support them, but I'm scared because I don't know if that's the right thing. There's, There's two sides to this where I think a lot of focus can be paid attention to on one side, but it really is the collaborative effort of psychological safety to not only share, but ask the question so that comprehension is involved across the board. So it is, I mean, even though this is specific to the workplace, we have our questions lined up to that. It leads into all these things because we are humans and everything we do professionally or personally connects to that inner core of who we are. And I think that's what's beautiful about the workplace today is that we're starting to acknowledge that we don't have to be different people anymore. We just have to allow boundaries and allow safety. Well, I'm so glad you said that because psychological safety isn't just me feeling comfortable and safe to share, but it's also there's the secondary piece. It's and that it's the foundation of it. It's what are you going to do with that information? Am I going to get rewarded for that vulnerability or not sharing? Or am I going to get punished or ostracized or stigmatized or made to feel less than or less valued for that, for that act, that act of vulnerability? Very good point. So over the last few years, there has been a lot of emphasis on the importance of workplace culture. I think every single time we Look at LinkedIn. It's always talking about culture and engagement. And obviously, it's very, very important. I know we've touched upon the importance of psychological safety in a workplace culture. I don't know if there's anything else that you would like to discuss in that area. Yeah, there's a couple a couple things that come to mind. Psychological safety, it creates your culture. So culture is caught, it's not taught. We 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 see how acts of vulnerability are rewarded or reinforced or they're punished, and that creates the culture. So you can't sit on the fence and let culture happen by default, because by doing that, you're actually choosing to not jump in and support. And as Jocelyn mentioned, we are human creatures. We, it is a human culture shaped by our, all of our human interactivity, our, our vulnerable activities. And so we just need to be very mindful and thoughtful of how we are interacting with one another, because that will shape the culture that we end up being part of. Are there different aspects of psychological safety when you're working in a hybrid workplace? I mean, we're talking about a very different work environment. There's technically three different ways to work now. So how does it change when you have those different environments between colleagues and managers, et cetera? It creates the need for a lot more conversation and a lot more questioning. So in the hybrid environment, what I, and I can, I can speak from my own personal experience, uh, Zoom fatigue is a thing. Being a camera is a thing. I don't normally, when I'm face to face with you, look at my, look at my picture on a screen all day, every day and wonder how I'm showing up. I'm just me. There's no artificial filter in front of me. So when I'm on a call, it, I always provide, I try to provide opportunities for people to contribute however they feel comfortable. So whether that be open up the chat, drop it into the chat, send me stuff in advance, whatever makes you feel comfortable. I want to hear your voice. We want to pull you into the conversation. But what what tends to happen is you may have people in the room, you have people online, and one group gets left out of the mix or the discussion. You have to be super intentional and super mindful to make sure that everybody's brought into the room. I had this one client that did this brilliantly. So... Most of us were in the room. 
And one person was was offsite because she couldn't travel. And one of her colleagues actually pulled up team, had her face on the screen and actually held up his computer every time she was talking to show her and, and highlight her what she was saying. And then I was back in the room monitoring the chat to make sure we didn't miss anything and invite her into the conversation. It just means you've got to be more intentional and you got to have a lot, a lot more engagement. And you've got to give people options. Very good points. So, Christy, I know that we just did a webinar series and you were one of our guest speakers in our manager burnout and wellness series and how to prevent that. And in that webinar, you did talk about four stages of psychological safety. I'm not sure if you could go over those right now. Absolutely. Psychological safety, it's, it's a combination on two axes of respect and permission. And the goal is to continue as you move up and with more respect, more permission, you'll get more a more psychologically safe environment. The first stage is, is just the foundation, which is inclusion safety, where you feel a sense of inclusion, acceptance, and belonging based on your worth as a human, a part of this experience, for no other reason than that. No worthiness test because of any arbitrary opinion or belief or anything. You belong, you're included just because you are you. This is the threshold to even get into the chain. Second stage in learner safety where you feel safe to engage in the learning process and ask questions, make mistakes, try new things, experiment. And how is that rewarded or punished? You want it to be rewarded. You want people to try things and, and continue to grow and get better. The third stage is contributor safety, where I feel safe to make meaningful contributions. I am in an environment where I have a lot of experience and I feel comfortable and I am invited to bring all of that to the table. And you want to hear it and you want to pull my voice into the room. And then the fourth, the fourth stage, which is our ultimate goal, which is challenger safety, where we feel comfortable and safe and we create an environment where you can actually challenge the status quo and ask, why have we, why have we done this before? Why are we doing this? Or even poke or poke into decisions and say, have we thought about this? Have we thought about that? When we get to that stage, that's where innovation truly, truly comes out. Such critical aspects to have in a workplace. Absolutely. And again, one that we're not always thinking of because it seems like it should be intuitive and all the layers that it adds to growth in an organization, personally, professionally, what have you. So how do leaders cultivate each of those stages in their organizations? What guidance do you have for those folks? I have a lot. I will keep I will keep it brief, but I have a lot of guidance on this. <laughs> For inclusion safety, I would as a leader look around and scan the environment and see are people being excluded or included for something arbitrary other than they're part of the group and part of the team. If you see that happening, that that's a place to double click and see what's happening and ensure that people are being valued, heard, and respected for who they are. There are some things that they can actually do. As a leader, you model the behavior and you drive the culture. Culture's caught, not taught. So they're going to watch what you do. So listening is one of those great skills. Listen to understand instead of fixing or trying to win. Truly listen to understand what somebody is explaining or trying to articulate. 
for learner safety, I would, I would, I would definitely see and look to see how you and your team are responding when questions are being asked. When somebody makes a mistake, are are we are we telling them no, that's not right, or are we saying, okay, wow, you did a really horrible job, or are we saying, wow, what did you learn? How did you grow? How how did what did you get from that, and how can you get better? And as leaders, we need to reinforce that get better mentality versus the try to just do better and get right and and do it really perfect. For contributor safety, I would actually look at how you are giving out rewards and recognition and seeing and also looking at the how you how you reward and reinforce the contributions of your team. So are you giving it to a certain groups over others? Are you pulling everybody's contributions to the table? Is one person speaking more than others? Are you missing voices in the room? And then I would even take it a step further and ask yourself, am I giving the person full autonomy to do their job the way that they know how to do it and try it the way that they know how to try it and give them guidance along the way? Or am I holding on the, onto the rein and trying to drive, drive their process, drive the way that they contribute? And I think that's the one that a lot of leaders struggle with. It's that, that pesky word called delegation. I want to delegate, but and I don't want to micromanage. And that's where you see this one come up a lot for leaders, getting that balance right. And then on the last one, challenger safety. Oh, this one's a good one. As a leader, I would look to see when somebody tells you bad news or or something doesn't go right, or they or they're poking a hole in it, or they're asking about risk contingencies, or thinking about it a different way, or asking why. Look around and see well, how do you respond to that. How do your people respond to that? Are you creating an open forum for that conversation? Or are you inadvertently shutting it down and saying, well, we've always done it that way, or we've tried that before and didn't work, it failed. The moment you can you can identify that and flip it, then you can unlock contributors, uh, challenger safety. Very Excellent points again. Yeah, really, really insightful. Um, and raises again a lot of really good points so like where you're saying kind of like the last point stuck out to me uh challenger safety where you were saying am i allowing this am i inadvertently shutting something down because of a b or c so what about those scenarios what it like has there ever been a time this is double layered has there ever been a time maybe that you've seen or scenarios that you've encountered where it's too far gone? Like what, like the lack of psychological safety that's been created? And what do you do if you need to correct something like that? How do you go about that sort of change? So I don't think I've seen an environment where it's so far gone that there's no sliver of hope to get back. The only time where I've seen where I where I would say I don't know, I don't know is if is if I don't see any desire to lean in and make a change. If everybody's saying this is this is just how it is, you gotta suck it up and you gotta go through it, then that's when I say it's probably far gone. Because the because it's not hard to undo it. It's all learned behavior. It's all things. It's all things that we've been part of in our human experience. If we could just bring this to the forefront and just start with a conversation and just acknowledge this is our reality, that in and of itself starts a dialogue, starts a discussion, and you can now action plan that, which gets into the what do we do next? 
there are things you can practically do. Is there anything? Yeah, I I would love a little bit of elaboration, even like one thing that like is something that somebody could do to address the repair. Like I, I, the mindset shift, absolutely, you know, because like you said, it's not, it's behavior. So the same way that you got yourself there, let's just kind of backtrack and see how we're going to get ourselves elsewhere. So like, what's one thing that says, okay, here's a common problem maybe in how I would like to coach people to change it. Okay. Um, Thank you for that guidance. Well, once you acknowledge that there's a problem, now you have to figure out what you want to do and how to fix it. So a lot of times when I work with clients, whether it's a coaching client or a consulting client, I hear or see a lot of, well, we're just, we, there's no way there's, there's no way that we can get along. There's no way can, we can be prepared. They're this, they're that, there's something else. And what I, what I always invite them to do is, can we just take a step back? Can we just hit pause for a moment and see if we can put ourselves in the other, sound from the other person's shoes and just be a little bit curious? So you can start asking yourself five whys or, or, or five different other scenarios of what else could be happening. Okay, it looks like they're being a jerk and very directive, but what else could be happening? They could be getting a mandate. They could be getting a lot of pressure, and which is causing the stress, which unfortunately is coming out in the conversation. They could be having something really horrific happening at home, which now they're bringing into the work environment. Because you know, I love we talk about work-life balance all the time, but it's truly work-life blend. It's just life. It's just it's so hard to separate the two. So what other stories could be told? And when in doubt, you can just you can just have a deep conversation and and start from there. And then find out, like with my clients, I look to see which one seems to be off the rails the most and where do we need to start? Are we actually including each other? Great. Where are we breaking down? Oh, wait, we're talking over one another. Okay, we can we can work through that. We all want to feel valued, heard, and respected, which unfortunately means we all want to listen. We all want to listen to win, meaning I want my ideas on the table. I want my ideas on the table, but we're not actually pausing to hear each other. So I would advise clients, pick a place where you have the biggest pain and then think proactively, what are things that we can do to try to unpuck it? I love that. I think that's very like I connected the dots there. That's very informative and, and eye-opening advice. So as we wrap up, if you could give our listeners one tip or one place to start to begin fostering a psychologically safe workplace, what would that be? My biggest piece of advice is come off the fence. You can't ride it anymore. You, we, we know what cultures we want to be part of. We know what we want to drive. So look, at, look to see what you are rewarding and reinforcing versus what you may be punishing and start there. And culture is caught, not taught. People will notice. People will see you. You are an influencer, whether you think you are or not. And you can start a movement to create a psychologically safe environment. Excellent. I love that. I love it too. Culture is caught, not taught. It's like my one of my new favorite like catchphrases that that's a phenomenal, phenomenal way of saying it. I love this, Christy, an amazing conversation. And I hope that we have supplied you with enough psychological safety to move on to our super fun segment, the TTA 10. It's the TTA 10, 10 final questions for our guest. 
right. So it is season four of my party people. And Chrissy, we did a brief overview of what the TTA 10 is about. So just a little bit of it. We are going to ask 10 questions, rapid fire, as I call it. And our pal David, the super producer, is going to have a clock uh, for 90 seconds. And the goal is to get through all the questions as quickly as possible, in which case we will reward you for the achievement of under 90 seconds. And if you go over, well, we will see what happens. But the question I have for you before we start is, are you ready? I'm as ready as I can ever be. (laughs) That's my girl. All right, David, give us the countdown, please. Yes, indeed, Jocelyn. 90 seconds on the TTA 10 clock starting. Now. All right, Christy, what is your favorite movie of all time? What? That's a tough one. Uh, I, I would say the new Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick. Good one. What was the first concert you ever went to? Anne Murray. Love that. Who is your favorite Disney character? Moana. Good one. Beachfront or mountainside? Oh, beachfront. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Who is, would you say, is your greatest imp- inspiration? My mother. What was the last book that you finished? The, the new Lencioni book on the six working geniuses. Okay. What is two times two? Four. <laughs> Name one activity that's on your bucket list that probably isn't on anyone else's. Go to Croatia and see where my family's from. Fantastic. If you could then take a vacation anywhere in the world where would you want to go australia all day every day fantastic all right well that was 10 questions david i think we know our results you were worried for nothing but why don't you give us the official word david please well with a time of just one minute and 12 seconds christy is well below the threshold and she is indeed a tta champion therefore she has earned the following salute, and we will salute her appropriately using some sounds from her favorite movie. Oh, yes! <laughs> Grab your sunglasses and strap into that MIG, or whatever it was. Congratulations, Krista. You are a TTA 10 champion. Get ready for a level of fame far beyond your expectations. No longer will you be confused with either Christy McNichol or Gary Busey. We know that your business is in supporting life-affirming organizational transformations. Today, Maria, Jocelyn, and I feel that our life is more affirmed than ever. Lord knows we need it. Your triumph is a badge of honor for fellow University of Pittsburgh graduates, past and present, like beloved television nerd Fred Rogers. Jeff Bergman, who is the voice of Bugs Bunny, and a former winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, whose name is Alaska Thunder... Uh, Alaska Thunder... F- <laughs> Undoubtedly, your honor will be celebrated at not- notable events in your hometown, Charlotte, like the Moo and Brew Fest, an annual craft beer and burger festival, serving enthusiastic carnivores and annoying, annoying vegetarians throughout the state, and the Heroes <laughs> Convention, one of the oldest comic book conventions adored by geeks everywhere. Christy, we know you founded Next Conversation Coaching. Well, the next conversation we have will be about how awesome you are. We salute you with admiration, pride, and by reciting the city of Charlotte's unofficial official slogan can i get a side of ranch with that congratulations christy you are a tta 10 champion 
All right, Christy, and all right, David. D- David, uh, killing it per usual. Oh, I mean, Christy, God. if not anything else, it was worth it for that, right? <laughs> it was absolutely worth it for that. Oh, I think makeup's running now. I know. You will no longer be confused with Christy McNichol or Gary Busey. <laughs> that was so fun christy this was a blast awesome information a really great tta 10 i feel like i have more knowledge at my disposal now so i thank you for sharing it with our listeners i also do and i could do some of these things that you said today and that's the beauty of it it doesn't have to be big huge gestures it's just start with something yep absolutely Thank you so much. It was a true pleasure meeting you. I've heard so many great things about you. So thank you for being our podcast guest and being on Bring Out the Talent. For more information on Chrissy or Next Level Coaching, visit us at thetrainingassociates.com. We'll see you later.